Welcome into Yelling from the Couch. I'm Brent Humphreys, joined by my co-host Gage Burdovich. We'll be previewing week 16 of the NFL season this week. We'll pick them. Gage, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Looking forward to uh, three straight days of NFL football this weekend. It's like the best time of year. Yes. We're winding down. Playoffs are starting to get a little bit clearer of a picture. Maybe not right now with that AFC mess going on from like four to ten right now. But it's getting closer (laughs) to where we're starting to settle some things. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you look at it right now, and it's like the teams that are in four, five, six, and seven right now may not be the same four teams that are in it after this coming week. It's crazy how close the division is. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, you know, it, even if you include – I keep including Cleveland because I'm like, well, maybe hopefully they'll lose sometime here, you know, with the nine wins. But, you know, they're two games apart anywhere from, you know, Cleveland to – Denver down there and then even after that you got Vegas who look like you know a great team last week they got six wins they're still in it I mean it's crazy I don't know like if you asked me to predict oh you know what are the the top seven teams gonna be I could tell you probably one and two and that's about it because I would have no idea for the rest yeah that's it I mean Baltimore's already locked up a spot but as far as the rest of it there, I mean, it, it's anybody's game, especially after you get past, you know, to Jacksonville down. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a great time of the year, and uh, can't wait to see how it plays out. And it feels like it's always like this. Like, the AFC, the top, like, 12 teams, you know, it feels like any of them could make the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. And, and you, can- you know, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, then you go to the NFC and it's like, all right, half of these teams don't even deserve to be in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I was looking and I'm like, man, if the Bengals were just in the NFC South, they would be leading right now the division. I was like, this would be awesome. If the Steelers were in the <laughs> NFC South, they would have a great chance to win that division. <laughs> they would be tied for the lead right now. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Oh, man. <laughs> started in we'll start you know from saturday to sunday or to monday like we do the first game on the slate gauge it's the cincinnati Bengals traveling to pittsburgh to face the pittsburgh steelers the Bengals are a three-point favorite in this one jamar chase is out gauge what do you think about this matchup I've been going back and forth on what I wanted to do for this. And, you know, we were talking about it beforehand. If there is any time of year to have a quarterback whose last name is Rudolph to come in and save the city of Pittsburgh in a football game, it is this weekend. The day before Christmas Eve, two days before Christmas Day, it's like storybook writing out here. And the Steelers' defense doesn't have to worry about Jamar Chase. I mean – does that really matter? Probably not because the offense is awful. But for my sake, I'm going to go to Pittsburgh on this one. I know I said last week, you know, kind of teasing it. Oh, you're probably going to agree with me and my decision. No, because you know why? Give me Pittsburgh on this one. Give me Rudolph to save the Steelers and save Tomlin's record. 
You know, uh, the Bengals are without Jamar Chase. The Bengals had a very close game last week against the Vikings. And Pittsburgh, you know, you, we know how Pittsburgh's game went last week against the Colts. Uh, last time these two teams faced off, it was right after Joe Burrow got injured, Jake Browning's first start. Not the best defense to have for your first start in the NFL. I think that played a key factor in the way Jake Browning played that game. I took a lot of flack from people. Uh, my sister's one for coming on this podcast and picking the Steelers to win that game because I just that's just what I thought. I was that down and out about Burrow being out down and out that I went ahead and picked Pittsburgh. Rudolph, you know, with his nose so bright out there, uh, guiding the Steelers to a game against the Bengals. Like you said, this is the time of the year to do that. But I don't think it's going to happen. The Bengals are going to ruin Christmas for Pittsburgh. And I think that the Bengals win, and I think that it is a push. I think it'll be a close game, though. But I, give me the Bengals and give me the push on this one. So here, here's what I'm worried about with that game. The defense that was against Cincinnati in the first game, like half of it is not going to be the same starters this game. You have KZ, who got suspended for the entire season, who that's a whole nother story. You have Minka, who he's been hurt the entire year. We don't know if he's going to play. Um, I didn't see the, the injury report today, but I think he was uh, on the did not practice, but I could be wrong. Um, the other safety, I, uh, I think it was the one that picked off Browning last time, uh, Trenton Thompson. He uh, is limited, so is he going to play? Don't know. Uh, on the, the middle linebackers, they're going to be split in time between Miles Jack and Blake Martinez. So it's like these guys haven't really played it all this year, so... You know, if they can cover the running back, I'm happy. But we seem to have linebackers that don't know how to do that. So, TJ Watts playing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's always a scary man on that defense right there. Speaking of uh, injuries to defense, uh, the Bengals have a pretty significant injury to their defensive side too. Uh, DJ Reader is out for the season, so right up the middle, right there in that run game is huge. So. Uh, Pittsburgh may want to run the ball up the middle quite a bit, a la the way Vikings did last getting eight yards of carry until they decided to do the tush push on two straight plays for whatever reason. <laughs> but, uh, you know, maybe Pittsburgh get a running game going. Uh, we'll see. Let me tell you, Pittsburgh does not get a running game going anymore. <laughs> That's just the way it is. They had like three games <laughs> of actual good running this year, and the rest has been – you know, 40 yards, like, not going to happen. If there was any time to do it, it would be this week with DJ Reader being out for the Bengals. But, uh, well, you know, I guess uh, they'll they'll lean on uh, Mason Rudolph to uh, do something for him. It's got to be better than uh, Mitchell Trubisky the last few weeks. Well, I don't think it could get any worse. So, I, I really hope so. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, can't wait to see it and uh, see how it plays out. I'll be at work during this game, so this game will decide whether or not I have a good day or a bad day. I, I totally understand how that is. 
the next game, the primetime game that like all these podcasts I've been listening to, this is like the first commercial. It's like uh, Christmas comes early in the form of the Buffalo Bills and the L.A. Chargers on Peacock. So the Bills travel to L.A. to face the Chargers. Buffalo is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. Gage, what do you think about this matchup? I mean, you know, we saw last week Buffalo just absolutely manhandled Dallas in a way that I don't think anyone expected that to actually happen. And on the Chargers side of things, I mean, they're rolling with, I think, Easton Stick because they definitely haven't Herbert for the rest of the season. So probably Easton Stick. The Bills defense actually decided to show up and play um, against Dallas, which is something that we really haven't seen all season from them. So, you know, just because of Easton Stick, I know Keenan Allen is also out this week. Give me the Bills on this one. And uh, 12 points is a lot for that team, but I'll go points. Give me the uh, give me the Bills. Give me the points. After the Raiders manhandling of the Chargers last week with Easton Stick quarterbacking for the Chargers, the Chargers are limping into this game. You know, they're without Keenan Allen. Easton Stick starting, but he won't have Keenan Allen to throw to. I don't think it really matters because even if he was – had Keenan Allen, it won't matter. The Bills last week dominated the Cowboys. I didn't see it coming. I think I picked the Cowboys on here last week. But uh, I think the Bills will will come out. They'll win this game, even if it's in L.A. Uh, I also think that they'll cover this spread, too. I just don't think that the Chargers are very good at all right now. And uh, Buffalo will win this game, and they'll cover it. Now we move on to the Christmas Eve matchups on Sunday. Cleveland Browns travel to Houston facing Houston Texans. Cleveland's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Gage, what do you think about this one? This game's going to be an interesting one. Um, Last week, we thought that Davis Mills was going to start being Case Keenum, which I felt was very unexpected um, for the Texans. This week, uh, C.J. Stroud, I'm not sure if he comes back. Um, I believe he was held out of practice today, so it would likely be um, Case Keenum who goes against the defense of Cleveland. And on the other side, you know, Joe Flacco kind of showed signs of Joe Flacco last week with the interceptions that he threw. Still threw for multiple touchdowns, still threw th- for a lot of yards. I'm really hoping that the Texans win this one, but for the podcast's sake, I'm going to go with the Browns here, and I'm going to take the points. Last week, I needed – well, I wanted both of these teams to lose. And the Bears had the game won against the Browns on that Hail Mary. And Mooney just – I don't know. He kicks the ball right to a Browns player. (laughs) Like, oh, just squeeze it. You've got it. You're there. It didn't happen. And on the other side, the Texans, they go to overtime. They come back, being down to the Titans, they come back, go to overtime, and kick a field goal in overtime to win. And I was I was hoping for, you know, playoff picture that both those teams would lose. They both end up squeaking out a win. Like you said, Case Keenum started. Uh, Davis Mills did get in the game, but, uh, you know, it wasn't much. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, – the Browns' defense is just going to be too much, especially if they don't have C.J. Stroud, and that's Case Keenum again. Browns' defense is really good. Uh, Flacco can pretty much manage the Browns' 
Give me the Browns in this one. Uh, I hope it doesn't happen, but give me the Browns. <laughs> and uh, I think that they'll cover the spread. The next matchup is just one of those uh, games. The Washington Commanders will face the New York Jets. The Jets are a three-point favorite. Gage, what do you think about this wonderful matchup? When you say this match is just going to be uh that's an understatement. There are there have been certain games this year when you look at it you know on paper, it's like, ew, this is just gonna be horrible. And I think this one takes the cake. Actually, you know, it might be second next to uh, Atlanta and Carolina. But this one regardless is up there for uh game of the year. Uh, I, I don't have much to say besides the Jets have a decent defense. Sam Howell he did lead, lead the league there uh, for a while in passing yards, and he's just fallen off more and more and more while the commanders struggle to win, win, or win. So with that all being said, I will take the Jets on this one, and I will take the points. It'll probably be a touchdown game. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. The Jets uh, announced uh, earlier in the week that Aaron Rodgers has come off of IR. And Aaron Rodgers said that he's probably not going to play this year. <laughs> smart move, Aaron. Very <laughs> point coming back now with this team. Uh, five and nine, they're eliminated from the playoffs. No need to come back and ruin the rest of your career for this. Uh, the Commanders, on the other hand, they played the Rams pretty close last week, lost by eight. Uh, the Jets, they didn't even show up last week. <laughs> but uh, this is different. So uh, I, I'm going to go with you here, too. I think that the Jets will win, and uh, I think that they'll cover that spread. It's just going to be just one of those games that, you know, nobody's going to watch during that 1 o'clock time frame. So, you know, it, it is what it is. It's there. But uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody, on that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the, the next matchup, the Seattle Seahawks. Travel to Tennessee to face the Tennessee Titans. Seattle's a three-point favorite coming off of their big win against Philadelphia last week. Gage, do you like the Seahawks to continue their winning ways? My jaw dropped to the floor when Jackson Smith and Jigba caught that touchdown with like 30 seconds left or whatever it was. I could not believe it. I mean, I wouldn't have thought that Jalen Hurts would have thrown two interceptions either. So I don't know if something's going on with that team, but the Seahawks, they turned in a very impressive performance last week, all behind Drew Locke uh, and not even Geno, which I thought was even more impressive. On the Titans side of things, they had probably one of their biggest blow-ups and worst performances by Derrick Henry as an individual who he had um, nine yards on 16 carries and caught four targets for one yard. That was a very disappointing performance, not only for the team, but also for my fantasy team. Um, I loved going into the, the sleeper app and seeing five points from uh, Derrick Henry. Um, but the defense for Seattle, it's just been too good this year, especially against a Titans team who their number one's DeAndre Hopkins. You line him up with Devin Witherspoon, and I don't know, you know, really how good D-Hop's going to do. Um, the only hope that I think Tennessee has is unleashing Derrick Henry and getting him back to his normal form. Will that happen? 
I don't know. Will Geno Smith start instead of Drew Locke? Once again, I don't know. Um, but just going off of, you know, saying like Drew Locke's going to be the starter, I will take Seattle in this one. Only because of their defense. That is the only reason. So give me Seattle and give me the points as well. Geno Smith didn't play the last two weeks. Uh, Drew Locke stepped in, played pretty good last week, surprisingly. <laughs> Drew Locke comes out and beats the Eagles. Nobody saw that coming at all. Uh, Jalen Hurts was sick. I mean, I guess maybe he can use that as an excuse. The, the Eagles have been uh, struggling here a little bit lately the last few weeks. Um. For the Titans, Will Levis, uh, there's questions on whether he'll be able to play or not. He uh, uh, injured his left ankle. Uh, but from watching Will Levis last year at UK, he was injured most of the season, and he was just not back that he was the season before when he was healthy. So I think that'll play a big factor in this. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Seahawks in this. Uh, I think that they'll, they'll win, even though it's a short week flying know, cross-country on a short week. I don't think that matters. Uh, give me Seattle to win this one, and uh, I think that they cover. The next 1 o'clock matchup, the Indianapolis Colts at 6, travel to Atlanta to face the Atlanta Falcons at 6. Atlanta is a two-and-a-half point favorite in this game. Gage, what do you think about this matchup? Is something wrong with Indianapolis? Did the entire team fall apart to where Atlanta is the favorites this week? I mean, I know they're benching Desmond Ritter and starting, I think it's Heineke this week, and they announced for the rest of the season. But I feel like they made that same announcement earlier in the season and went back on it. Uh, I believe they made it with Ritter, didn't they? Yeah, so I don't know what's going on anymore. I don't know what's going on in Indianapolis. What's going on in Atlanta to make them the favorites? Uh, Jonathan Taylor or not, I don't see a way that Atlanta does win this one. So I'm going to take the surprising underdogs on this and give me the Colts. I'm, I'm going to go with you on this one, man. Uh, <laughs> like you said, I think that they've made that announcement before about the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. And you know how that went. But uh, uh, I just – the Falcons are just – I mean, losing to the to the Panthers last week is just not good, you know, when, and one touchdown score for them. Uh, uh, the Colts, on the other hand, they've been playing pretty well of late. They're still in that playoff hunt. Uh, you know, had a pretty – Big win last week, sorry. Uh, but uh, Garner Minshew and them, they're, you know, they get things rolling when they when they want to. I think they will this week and keep those playoff hopes alive. Give me Indy in this one. And, yeah, they're covering because they're the underdogs for some whatever reason, which is odd. The next matchup, the Green Bay Packers at 6-8 and eight, travel to Carolina to face the Carolina Panthers, who are 2-12. and 12. Green Bay is a five-point favorite, coming off a huge disappointing loss last week to those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Gage, do you think the Packers can rebound, or do you think the Panthers can continue? If, if Jordan Love plays against Carolina, 
and loses after all the good stuff I've said about him on this podcast, I might start treating the Packers how you treat the Buccaneers. That would be so disappointing, and I wouldn't understand it uh, at all. For the way for the Packers to win, one, just, you know, do what Atlanta's defense did. You have a way better defense. Just do what Atlanta's defense did. Just, you know, on offense, just actually score some points. Um, But, like, Carolina, like you said, two-win team after a surprising win last week. Uh, I mean, I, I don't see much happening. Yeah, I know Jordan loves without his number one target. But d- does that matter? I don't think it does. Give me Green Bay on this, and give me the points. I think it will be like a 12- or 13-point game. I agree with you. I think Green Bay is going to come back, and it's going to be a bounce-back game for them. It it has to be. Uh, You know, losing like that last week to Tampa Bay and then Carolina, you know, if it wasn't for Eddie Panario with uh, the three field goals last week, that's all it needed for the Panthers. I think they'll need a lot more than that this week. I don't think it will happen. Give me Green Bay, and give me Green Bay to cover this one. The next matchup, we head to the NFC North. The Detroit Lions at 10-4 and four face the Minnesota Vikings at 7-7. Seven and seven. Detroit's a three-point favorite. Gage, who you like in this one? This one, oh, man. And Nick Mullins, I mean, he played awesome last week against your Bengals, even taking a loss, but he took it to overtime. I mean, that game was just phenomenal watch. And then the Lions just coming out and just banking down the Denver Broncos. Like, it was it was a sight to see because it was like, where has this team been all season? Now, the Lions did do something kind of interesting that I don't know if people should read much into or not. But they waived their original kicker, Riley Patterson, signed um, Michael Badgley to the active squad, and they also activated quarterback Hendon Hooker from the non-football uh, injury-related list. So I don't know if something's wrong with golf and we just don't know it or what's going on there, or maybe it's just, you know, hey, let's get this guy some practice in in case something does happen, which very well could be, and I'm just reading too much into it. Um, The defensive side of things... Uh, you know, neither team really has that stellar of a defense. I think the Vikings have a little bit of a better one, but when the Lions have everything that they have on offense between St. Brown, Montgomery, Gibbs, Reynolds, Goff, I think it's going to be too much for the Vikings. So I'm going to take the Lions on this one, and I'm going to take the points. Yeah, the Lions last week looked really good against a Denver team who has played well as of late up until last week. Uh, the Lions coming off of that loss the week before to the Bears, they come back and they bounce back and they beat Denver down. Like you said, Nick Mullins led Minnesota to a close to a victory last week, really close to a victory. Played a really good game for, for Nick Mullins. Uh, that being said, the Lions and the Vikings, these two teams are going to get to know each other really well over the next three weeks. They play this week and then they play two weeks from now once again. Uh, so – there's not going to be any secrets between these two teams the next time they meet. Uh, it's interesting about Hooker being uh, activated there. Um, 
I seen, you know, as a Kentucky football fan, I seen what he could do firsthand in Tennessee last year, and he's a pretty good quarterback for for uh, in college. I don't know if that'll translate to the NFL. He's got some potential. I'd like to see him out there and see what he can do. Uh, we'll see if he gets any playing time, or if it's you know maybe you're just reading too much into it. We'll see, but it's interesting <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, give me the lines in this one. I think that they will. Uh, I think that they'll cover that spread too, even though it is in Minnesota. I think the Lions just overall have the better team, uh, especially the better offense. But uh, their defense is a little suspect, but uh, I'll take the Lions in this one. The next matchup, the Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Tampa Bay to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is a three-point favorite in this one. Gage, what do you think about that? Now, I feel like I already know what you're going to say. But here's what I have to say to make you think about your pick. Jacksonville is going into this without Trevor Lawrence. They, uh, pretty sure they announced today that he will not play due to concussion protocol. Baker Mayfield turned in a wow performance last week, having a perfect quarterback rating and overall just having a great game. C.J. Beathard for the Jacksonville Jaguars stinks. He is awful and just because of him i don't even know if i would do it if trevor lawrence was playing but just because of cj bethard i'm gonna put all the blame on him for me to take the tampa bay buccaneers on this one with the points who man like you said uh last week the tampa bay buccaneers looked really good against the green bay packers beat him pretty good Jacksonville, you know, like you said, Lawrence is going to be out. Concussion protocol did not look very good at all against the Ravens. This week, C.J. Beathard's starting. Now, when Lawrence went down with his ankle before uh, when they played the Bengals, Beathard stepped in and, and hung in there, played pretty well. I don't know if the same thing is going to happen this week or not. But I'm going to have to go with uh, – I'm, I'm doing it. It's taken till week 16. I am taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this game over the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I think that Tampa Bay is covering. Yes. I did. It's, wow. It's week I did not think – did not think you would actually do it. I am – I'm surprised. I'm stunned. And I'm just out of words right now to say. Hey, when you when you're the leader in a tough division like the NFC South like that, you've got to put respect on that name. <laughs> yeah. Leader of the worst division in the in the league. Or oh, second worst, maybe. I don't know. We've had a breakthrough on this podcast, Gage. And with that being said, we will go to our next game. The Arizona Cardinals. Travel to Chicago to face the Chicago Bears. Potential game of the week right here. The Bears are a four-point favorite. Gage, do you think the Bears can bounce back from not one Hail Mary, but two Hail Mary fails last week? I hope so. I, I feel bad for Justin Fields. Last week was actually one of the first games I got to actually sit down and watch him play. And he was making some 
wow throws and some just wow decisions. Like you had, like you said, Darnell Mooney dropping the one that literally fell into his lap as he's sitting on the ground. Then you had Robert Tunyon drop the uh, wide open pass. I mean, he had easily four or five yards of separation on the guy. I, I do the poor, poor Justin Fields. The man has no weapons. And if he gets traded in the offseason, I think Chicago's making a horrible decision. If they do decide to keep him, I wouldn't be surprised to see them take Marvin Harrison Jr., number one. But if they do trade him, look for Caleb Williams to be coming to Chicago with, you know, his high school offense uh, of weapons that he has there. Cardinals side of things, I mean, they got James Conner, but what else do they really have going for them? Kyler Murray and his five foot ten self or whatever he hit, he is can barely see over the line. And I may or may not be trashing him just because he went out and beat Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago, but that's beside the point. The Bears have a great defense, I believe, with their number one corner in Jalen Johnson. Um, and also their pass rush game has gotten a lot better with their trade that they made with Washington here um, a couple weeks ago. So with that all being said, I'm going to take Chicago on this one. Justin Fields, I saw a stat. He is 8-24 and 24 as a starter. Let's look for him to go 9-24 and 24 this week. Give me the Bears on this one. Give me the points. One step closer to double-digit wins in his career. Uh, <laughs> if, if the Bears do go that route of uh, drafting Caleb Williams and sending uh, Justin Fields off, uh, like you said, I don't think it's really going to matter who you've got in there, a quarterback, and if you don't have much around them. I think the smart move would be to get his uh, fellow Ohio State Buckeye, Marvin Harrison Jr., as the number one pick because they got Carolina's pick and, and pretty sure that they're going to be the number one pick. I don't think Carolina's going to you know, go out of that pick there. But uh, I think that would probably be a smart move for him. But for this game, however – I think the Bears will bounce back and they'll win this game against the Cardinals. The Cardinals are just, I mean, they put up almost 30 last week against the Niners, but they give up 45. Uh, they just, Kyler Murray running around, like you said, you know, 5'10", I think it's generous with him. Running around there, you know, like it's backyard football sometimes. And they've got James Conner, he's a nice running back. But that's about it for the Cardinals. Uh, the Bears... I think that they'll bounce back. I think they'll win. And I'm going to say that Arizona will cover. Yeah, four-point spread. Give me Arizona to cover it, but the Bears to win. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting pick there. The next matchup, this one now, this one could be potentially a good one here. The Dallas Cowboys travel to Miami to face the Miami Dolphins. Miami is a one-point favorite. Gage, what do you think about this matchup? Both teams coming off a loss last week. So No, sorry. Dolphins so, won last week. Yeah, Dolphins won last week because the Jets are just awful. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about earlier, the Cowboys coming off a stunning loss last week against Buffalo, and Miami's coming off a not-so-surprising yet statement-making win against the Jets. Um, uh, do they get Tyreek back? I'm pretty sure he practiced today, so chances are they will get him back. So when you have him combine it with you know the 
I think he's tied for the league um, for running backs and touchdowns in Raheem Mostert, uh, 20 total, tied with CMC. It, you're you're in for a world of hurt. Your defense just doesn't know what to do. Now, luckily for the Cowboys, they do actually have a good defense, though. Micah Parsons um, coming in to the quarterback. If he can get to Tua, and if they can keep applying pressure, that's going to be how they're able to manage the game here. But for the offensive side of things, Dallas has to get it moving. They can't do what they did last week and have Dak throw for barely over 100 yards, and the only reason he threw for 100 was because <clears throat> was because he came out when he shouldn't have. You're down 31-3. to Put Cooper Rush in. Don't put him out there to pad you know, his stats. That's uh, another point. So, oh, man, I think the Dolphins, the Dolphins keep moving. I know there's been that story this year of they haven't beaten a team over 500. They haven't beaten a team over 500. I think that changes this week. They're going to beat this team that is over 500. And they're also going to make Philly fans super happy by taking down the Dallas Cowboys. Give me Miami on this one. Give me the points. Man, uh, so Dallas last week, uh, you know, did not look very well against Buffalo. They have only beaten one team over 500 all year long. I think Dallas are frauds. Uh, and I think it's going to be proven again this Sunday. Miami, with their high-powered offense, Tyreek Hill, if he's supposed to come back, that's huge because he's still chasing that single-season receiving record. I don't know if he'll get it. He still needs almost 400 yards to reach that. Uh, with three games left. Not saying it's not possible with that team right there. I mean, he could put up 150 like nothing in back-to-back weeks and be right there for the last week. The rest of the team wants him to get that record. We'll see if that happens. But I look for him to have a big game this Sunday against the Cowboys, and I think Miami takes care of the Cowboys, and they cover the one-point spread. Give me Miami. The Sunday night football game, man, can we flex out of these? Why? Why? <laughs> the New England Patriots at three and seven travel to Denver to face the Denver Broncos, who are seven and seven. Denver's a seven point favorite. Gage, what do you think about this Christmas Eve night matchup? So you look at it on paper and it's like, wow. Denver should win this easy. The past couple weeks, though, Bailey Zappi has been, he's been balling. But I don't think that continues. Denver's defense is just way too good. Um, New England doesn't even really have a number one receiver. The past couple weeks, it looks like it's been uh, Hunter Henry as their number one receiver. And that's got to come to a screeching halt. And I think that does this week. Denver's offense, I mean, if they can actually score points, not like last week, but, you know, actually score points, like, you know, find their way into the end zone, which, you know, I know they took some time off from that, but they need to, you know, get in there a few times this game. And I think they will do exactly that. Not much more to say besides for this Patriots team. Uh, I know they beat Pittsburgh, and, you know, for me saying that this Patriots team stinks, it's... It hurts because I think, you know, oh, well, they beat Pittsburgh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, true, whatever. But this Patriots team stinks. Give me Denver on this one. But I'm going to take the Patriots to cover. I like that. I like uh, Denver to win and Patriots to cover. 
uh, Denver last week, you know, didn't show up at all. They was on a pretty good streak up until then. Uh, I think that they'll get it back going again. They're still in the playoff hunt. They're part of that big log jam between <laughs> number five and number 11 in the AFC. Uh, the Patriots, they don't have a whole lot to play for. Like you said, Bailey Zappy, Bailey Zappy has been playing pretty decent the last few weeks, kind of giving a little, you know, bolt of energy to the Patriots there. But it's not going to be enough. The Denver Denver has a good defense. Didn't show it last week. But they got a good defense. Patriots, on the other hand, they also have a pretty decent defense. But – I think that Denver will win, but I don't think that they'll cover. I think it'll be a close game, and that'll be the end of the games for that day. So we move on to the Christmas Day slate. The Las Vegas Raiders, coming off of a 63-point performance last week, travel to KC to face the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are a 10-point favorite in this one. Gage. Do the odds makers not know that the Raiders scored 63 last week? So it's funny to say that because this pick will probably surprise a lot of people. But the past few weeks, the Kansas City Chiefs are on a downfall. Now, whether that is because they don't have any receivers besides Travis Kelsey, maybe it's because the receivers don't know how to line up on sides. Maybe it's because their defense has not been exactly the best. Or maybe, maybe Patrick Mahomes is already starting to get a little bit washed. But either way, the Las Vegas Raiders are trying to make a statement. And chances are they aren't going to make the playoffs. I think they already know that. But they're building for next year. Jimmy Garoppolo, unless, you know, barring injuries, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be the starter next year. Because Aiden O'Connell is going to be the starter. Aiden O'Connell, this week, Christmas Day, he's going to make a Christmas miracle happen and take down the Kansas City Chiefs. Give me the Las Vegas Raiders to take down the Chiefs on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas, America. Oh, man. I would would like to see that pick happen. Wow. Man. But I can't go with you on that. Uh, (laughs) This last week, guys. The Chiefs, uh, they kind of got things going a little bit on offense through the air. Mahomes threw for over 300 yards. You know, with uh, Pacheco out, the running game really wasn't there. Uh, Edwards Alaire had like almost 40 yards. That was it. They've got to get the running game going a little bit. But I think that they'll get back going offensively like they have been. Uh, Rasheed Rice. He had a pretty good week last week. You know, Kelsey, you know, Swift throwing a fit about Kelsey not getting a penalty. And, you know, is she going to be there on Christmas Day? Or are they going to celebrate that way? Or what's going on? Uh, And then the Raiders, on the other hand, I think – do you think Antonio Pierce is going to be the uh, permanent head coach after his little interim stand here? If they keep scoring the way that they're doing it, and the players seem to be happy, it wouldn't surprise me if he stays as head coach. Yeah, I, I like Antonio Pierce. I think that uh, – I think he's deserved it. Uh, I know before when they had a Rich – what was his name? 
he coached the year that they fired John Gruden, and he led them to the playoffs. They lost to the Bengals in a close game in the playoffs. Anyways, they fired him after that. You know, they let him go of the interim head coach, and then they brought in Josh McDaniels because they wanted a big name. Let me see how well that worked out for them. I think if they were smart, they would probably just stick with Antonio Pierce instead of going for the big hire. Uh, because I think he's done a really good job so far for him this year. But I don't think that he gets it done this week. I think that the Chiefs win, but I think that the Raiders will cover that spread. So the 430 matchup for Christmas, the New York Giants travel to Philly to face those wounded bird Eagles. At 10-4, and the Eagles are 13.5 point favorite. Gage, do you like the Eagles to get a bounce back on this one? If this was any other team except the New York Giants, I would probably go against Philly this week. But the fact that it is the New York Giants, the fact that I picked them last week in Tommy DeVito to actually win, and looking back on it, I can't believe I did that. So, because of that, because Tommy DeVito, the Italian stallion, um, he's lost his mojo. Um, could not perform last week. Philly, does he? Do they get back on the right track? Absolutely. AJ Brown, my guess, going for 125 yards at least, maybe a touchdown on top of that. Jalen Hurts, interception free is his key this week, and I think he makes that happen. 13 and a half is a lot, and I will say that. But give me the Eagles on this one. But I will take the Giants to cover. You know, the Giants last week got pounded by the Saints, and I think both of us went with the Giants in that one. E. Philly, on the other hand, they go and lose to Drew Locke in Seattle. Philly has been, you know, kind of struggling lately. They, you know, they've lost three in a row now. Uh, the, the Niners pounding them, the Cowboys pounding them, and they lose to the Seahawks. Squeaked by the Bills before that. I mean, it's been, you know, close game after close game after close game. And then all of a sudden it was blowout, blowout, and then a close loss. But I think this is where they get their bounce back on Christmas Day. Uh, I think that they just, there's just too much firepower there for them against the Giants. The Giants will come out, they'll play, you know, competitively, you know, defensively. They'll keep it kind of close. I'm with you. I don't think that spread gets covered, but I think Philly wins by about 10 probably. The final matchup of the week. Now, this is a good one here. This is finally one, you know, primetime game here on Christmas night. The Baltimore Ravens at 11-3 and three travel to San Francisco to face the San Francisco 49ers, who are also 11-3. and three. San Fran is a five-point favorite. Gage, do you like the Niners in this matchup? I absolutely do. The way Christian McCaffrey has been playing especially, he is the NFL MVP right now. And if he finishes out the year the way he's been going, I would not. Actually, you know what? No, I would. I would be surprised to see anybody else win MVP this year. And Brock Purdy, call him a system quarterback all you want, but if the system quarterback is winning, then you know what? The people around him – built a great system. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, 
George Kittle. Those three top pass catchers on the team, hey, you could throw Christian McCaffrey into that talk as well because they're all phenomenal. They get put the ball into their hands, and they will make plays. Ravens, on the other hand, I mean, they don't have the playmakers that the 49ers do, offense or defense. Yeah, they got Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham having a, a really good bounce back year. Um, Zay Flowers, I don't think he, I think he was kept pretty quiet last week, which mm-hmm. was actually surprising. I expected him to go off, but he did not do that. Um, but the Ravens, you know, Lamar Jackson's always a threat. He's always the threat to run, and he's actually showing this year that he does have a, a pretty good arm and can deliver an accurate ball. But I don't think that's going to matter because the 49ers are the best team in the league right now, hands down. So give me the Niners on this one, and I will take the points. You mentioned that Christian McCaffrey should probably be the MVP. Well, if he is second in that race, may actually be his quarterback, Brock Purdy, who if people would say he's just a game manager, I would like to have those stats as my quarterback for a game manager. Uh, because he just doesn't make very many mistakes. He knows what he's doing with the ball, and he's precise with it, and he's got weapons all over the field, which doesn't hurt at all. 49ers, I believe, are the best team offensively, and or, you know, best team overall in the NFL. The Baltimore Ravens, every time I watch them play, I'm like, how have they won 11 games? I mean, they, they don't look like, you know, the players out there don't look like, you know, a team that's going to go out and win a bunch of games, you know, it's kind of like they're put together, you know, pieced together. But you got Lamar Jackson. That That's a big difference. He almost ran for 100 yards last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he has found a new favorite target, which was, you know, before it was likely Andrews, but now it's likely, likely is his new favorite target. Isaiah Likely has really come on the last few weeks for – for Baltimore, uh, he had a touchdown last week. I think that San Francisco is a better team, and I think San Francisco will win this game. And I got San Francisco covering this on Christmas night to end week 16 of the NFL. Give me the that, Niners and give me the cover. And that would make Christmas just the best to see Baltimore lose. Oh, it would be. It, it would be no Christmas miracle, but that'd be a great Christmas present right there. <laughs> oh, man. Well, man, uh, that's week 16. Just got two more weeks after this. God, it's so crazy how fast this is going. I know we talk about it every week, yes. but it's like it, it it's getting down there. Like, what, less than two months is the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah crazy to think about yeah and it's hard telling who's going to be there right now but uh you know can't wait to see can't wait to see how it all plays out and then you know from february until september it'll just be you know waiting on nfl to come back (laughs) (laughs) a little bit of baseball and then waiting for football yeah yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I guess there's the XFL, USFL thing if you want to go that route, but it's just not the same. It's not the same. No, especially the XFL with its, what, six or eight teams, whatever it has. Yeah. Oh, well, well, man, uh, we'll see you back in the next week 
for week 17 picks. And hopefully that comes with a Steelers win and me being happy. Well, I mean, we could agree to disagree on that, but you know, I hope you're happy, <laughs> but not not the Steelers win. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Merry Christmas, and I will talk to you later. All right, man. You have a Merry Christmas as well, and we'll see you next week, man.